This ACAP Coffee Break is supported by Sotheon. Medicaid redeterminations are expected in 2022, and 10 million Medicaid enrollees may lose their coverage. Many of those people are expected to sign up for an exchange health plan. You have an opportunity to retain your members as they transition to an Affordable Care Act plan. Reach out to Sotheon to start or scale your marketplace operations by visiting Sotheon.com slash ACAP. Again, more information at Sotheon.com slash ACAP. Welcome back. It's time for another ACAP Coffee Break with Meg Murray. This is the podcast of the Association for Community Affiliated Plans. Today, Meg talks with Eugene Sion, founder and CEO of Sotheon, a longtime ACAP strategic ally. Here's Meg. Welcome to the ACAP podcast, Eugene, and thank you for your wonderful support for ACAP and the safety and health plans for, I think, at least a decade. You're not only one of our preferred vendors, you're a strategic ally, and more importantly and more meaningful in some ways was you supported our Medicaid is Us campaign back in 2017 when we were trying to, and did successfully, work to save Medicaid against the repeal and replace it. We'll never forget that, that you really came, you came through for us. So, um, and you've been, uh, your work has been wonderful for our plans and for the states that they work with, starting with your time with the Massachusetts Connector. So welcome to our podcast. Well, thank you, Meg, and thank you, Jeff. It's great to be with you. I am delighted, of course, especially being among the friends. And we do consider, hopefully you'll agree with me, that you know, ACAP and Softion as an organization, and I have personally had the opportunity to make some great friendships, yourself, Jeff, and Jenny, and so many, Heather, others all together, too. there are too many people to count. So not to mention about your, your uh, health plan, uh, partners, if you will, that among many safety net health plans. And uh, so greetings to all. Well, on our podcast, we always like to hear the story of how somebody got to healthcare. And I know your story is even a little bit more interesting, uh, certainly to me, uh, because it's it's involved in how you came to America um, and brought your incredible talents to our country. So tell us your story. Why healthcare? Why, why the U.S.? Yes, um, I guess we can say that I took a slightly... Uh, a bigger detour to come to where I am right now. You're correct. So uh, I was born in Turkey, Istanbul, um, grew up on the streets of Istanbul and various parts of Turkey, of course. And I have this craving since I was a child, basically, I remember, you know, coming to America. Uh, and I guess that's what every immigrant goes through those kind of feelings, if you will. And something draws us all into this great country. So yes, I have been in here um, as initially pursuit of my uh, uh, master's and my PhD in computer science, but then realized that actually my passion really is that I want to do something as quickly as possible. So I decided to work for a few technology companies back in the days like IBMs and others. But then since 1994, I have started Softion. Um, I somehow felt that I personally pursued my immigrant mentality, immigrant mission, if you will. I think you and I, we talk quite often that, you know, the feeling of, of being an underdog and the feeling of that not having all the resources and the capabilities and whatnot. So I guess the, uh, in a way that summarizes myself and Softion, even ACAP, I'll say the perseverance, right? 
commitment to mission and, and doing what's right. And especially those who are being somewhat underserved, a lot of be, you know, the low income individuals or people going through various, you know, difficulties and disabilities. Um, we all have done, I have done that myself. And uh, somehow, again, the, the mission of ACAP and Softion continues to this date, 20 plus years later, resonates basically every day. I start the day with a great appreciation and uh, hopefully doing the right thing, being exhausted, but I go home and sleep well. I do wake up like a baby every now and then, every two hours crying. Right, right. And that's a different story too. <laughs> you know, one question I haven't ever asked you is what, where did the name Softion come from? Sure, um, great question. Well, um, obviously, you know, Turkey and, and Greece, we are brothers and we are like sibling rivalries, if you will, in so many different aspects. Like we love each other, we hate each other. But this is the love part about that. Um, so when we were looking for names initially, obviously soft theon, software is one part about. And theon is a temple um, in, in Greek uh, mythology. And uh, so this is our temple, our temple of software where we come in and we do great things and we pay our dues. And uh, this is how we show our appreciation. Yeah. So the, it's the translation will be, I guess, the temple of software. Um, so you work with a lot of our healthcare, with our health plans. I know spent a lot of time with Community Health Choice in Houston when Kenyanda was there. Um, what draws you to safety net health plans and what makes, from your perspective, the safety net health plan special and different? Well, I think, like, as I said, the, one of the first thing and most important thing to me, the mission of an organizations and all those, you know, ACAP uh, member plans all together, they have this wonderful mission, which is the real thing, and as I said, serving the people who are in need. And, um, and, 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 and you do that such a wonderful job, every one of your health plans, given the resources, the limitations and everything else, right? And even in the heels of successes, organization like Community Health Choice out of Houston, such an amazing organization. They've grown to such a great size of nearly, if I'm not mistaken, this year, in fact, over 100,000 lives in ACA is, is getting their insurance, obviously, through Community Health Choice. Um, yet they remain to be humble. You know, to me is that those are important attributes or virtuous. So that's how we believe here at Softion too. You know, we've been a we've been a kind of an overnight success in the years of 20 years of making. You know, we've been doing this for 20 plus years and only within the last six, seven, eight years, well, since 2013, I guess we can now say about almost nine years. We've been doing we've been in ACA, but before that, as you mentioned. Um, I was one of the, Softian was one of the early technology companies helped the partners build this thing called Romney Care. So I think the, the success of, you know, doing something really good. And um, I think that resonates with me, what my grandfather used to tell me, stand tall, don't look down. Really the ACAP plans are such a strong, you know, the, the plans and strong teams would mission of doing something really great, uh, yet they don't look down on their successes. So this has been, again, another reason why Softion and ACAP and ACAP plans are aligned so well. So we have great respect for one another. 
we are constantly learning from one another. And the, and as we learn these lessons, this has been the greatest joy for me to be able to share that knowledge and experience right, as a trusted partner for ACAP plans. So we have so many plans now, as you know, uh, we are one of the, one of not the most, maybe, and I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna compete with my other ACAP preferred vendors, but notably we are perhaps one of the most successful one in ACA, as you know. Um, and then we are expanding into different areas. So one good news I can share it with you is uh, we are also now in Medicare Advantage. So we are leveraging those experiences we have gained about how to enroll an individual to a plan, how to care for the individuals and let it be monthly premium billings and payment processings and collection. The whole consumerization we are bringing the entire ex experience and technology and services now to Medicare population that I know that many of the ACAP plans are also looking to Medicare as a continuation of their existing services, especially, you know, you would do so well taking care of them until they turn 65 and all of a sudden they're gone, right? So we think that in partnering with ACAP plans, we'll continue to bring more value and we'll continue to be in the you know, trusted partner of those individuals um, for their health and wellness. So with your vantage point of at least 20 years, um, what do you see as the big challenges in the healthcare industry in this country? I, I think not to be uh, granted again, um, I'm never on a health plan. I'm, you know, my knowledge in healthcare is is the lessons that I learned by listening to people like yourselves. And of course, last 10 plus years in the trenches of IT operation, compliance and finance and so on and so forth. What is really striking to me as an engineer, as a data scientist, that the healthcare for the most part I call it a still a two transaction business. There is enrollment, there's claims. Those are the only times you really touch with these consumers, with those peoples. Now put that in contrast with other type of industries. Let it be, you know, let it be digital marketing. Let it be, let it be finance, and let it be, you know, the hospitality, the hotels, and flights, and everything else. Where the, there is a continuity between these organizations. They are, I, there's not a day goes by that I get an email from any one of those things, from my banks, from my advisors, and from the hospitality suites and whatnot too. I think the greatest opportunity for healthcare is to be able to create that time continuity that from the, not just from the moment of an enrollment to the claim, but the day after enrollment, you know, making sure that how we can understand that consumer needs. So the, the concept of a quote unquote personalization, sadly is not something as advanced as other industries is. And obviously there are reasons for that. Now compliance being one of them, of course. And also the, uh, I think the technology, we all know that it's kind of has been the Achilles heel for the healthcare technology companies, especially healthcare payers, I should say. Um, and those are the areas I feel that where organization like Sofian, and clearly we're not the only one, we are looking healthcare from a different perspective. Our perspective is being, we are looking to the individuals as consumers. And the, rather than, of course, we're not dismissing the, 
the chronic disease management or care coordinations, but there is a big chunk of population, 50, 60, 70%, they are healthy. We just need to keep them healthy through things like social determinants of health, right? This is a big topic these days in the world of um, obviously safety nets. Um, digital healthcare, digital therapeutics. You know, the medications are fine, but there are ways we can gather the information and, and measure the efficacy of the treatments, efficacy of the drugs. So I think the healthcare is really in the cusp of transforming itself through consumer-driven systems and applications and services, but that requires a different lens. So it's no longer about hospitals and doctors and patients to care for it. We are now relying upon our iPhones and Fitbits and we are seeing some real practical applications that we are building the consumer's personas. And once we have the data, Meg, we are now able to do some smart decisions. For instance, recently our data scientists put together and looked into the historical information. Now we can predict people are gonna terminate, drop their coverage way in advance. We can look into the, their, literally their enrollment data, their payment, for instance, data, time of the day they're making up payments, how many bank accounts or credit cards they are using to make a payment. These are large purchases. We have members that literally split that payment across three, four, five different channels. So to me, you can look at that information and start gathering. Is this person having through some financial difficulties, right? Are they having... You know, they, so these are the questions I think that healthcare needs to start asking. And as you know, this is very, given your, you know, the years in Germany and everything else. In Europe, there is the element of social services. And, and that really what government gives you to, you know, let it be the, the rent and even the foods and educations and everything else. And that's how they were able to keep their true chronic disease spanning to kind of much lower numbers altogether too. Whereas the system is here is a little different. So I think there are some opportunities and I can see the technology company is really partnering with, uh, you know, the health plans and hospitals and, and healthcare systems to try to keep people healthy away from the hospital bed. And I think that's the biggest transformation I see that coming down. So in the next 10 years, um, you, you've started talking about it, but what, what are some of the things that we might see on a tangible basis that how will the world look different 10 years from now if you had to pronosticate that? Absolutely. Well, I think that you're hearing this thing almost like a buzzword, but I think uh, healthcare is going to be the, one of the biggest opportunities for new technologies around artificial intelligence and machine learning. Okay, and you can say like, well, it's been it's been mentioned the buzzwords altogether too. The one big distinction right now in every individual, regardless of their income, they carry this supercomputer in their hands called their personal phone. Those phones compared to 20 years ago, they used to be size of a room. Now the technology has become so mobile and so pervasive that everybody carries a pretty much a, a computer in their pockets. Now, those devices are collecting a lot of data. In fact, data around where you are. As we speak right now, Apple and Google collecting data from 
you're in Philly, I'm in New York, they know exactly where we are. So I think that that kind of data collection and aggregation is going to be is the kind of the fuel, if you will, is the is the data is the new oil, if you think about, you know, so the data is now transforming these machines as a new fuel. And the machines are becoming very smart to make those quick decisions by calculating and processing millions of millions of billions of transactions. For instance, we know that artificial intelligence is going to bring some great cares around the certain stuff, like we talk about it, let's say MRIs and radiology and CAT scans, maybe you know, fraud, waste, and abuse and everything else. But I think even a greater one is going to be combination of those devices uh, with IOTs. Again, Fitbits of the worlds and digital therapeutics of the worlds and combining those things with the product and services like Teladocs, Livango, Omara Health. I think we're going to start seeing a service providers coming together and, 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 and working hand by hand, side by side with the health plans and building the digital profiles of these individuals. And artificial intelligence is going to allow those people to be able to you know, track at an individual level. Imagine a day and the possibilities are already happening. It's almost like a, your FICO score. Now you have, a let's say, a health score that truly is being tracked and measured. You know, of course, all the security compliance and everything else met in the process. But that capability, it can now help us uh, predictively and prescriptively engage with those individuals, again, way in advance. Now, combine that kind of innovation disruption coming down with also with genomics. You know, the gene-based therapy, the CRISPR technology, not to mention that, you know, the gene coding, if you will, is becoming a very pervasive thing these days. So all these things as the cost of technology, like mobile phones, like getting your gene profiles through 23andMe or Ancestry, we are seeing the convergence of the data and the computing power really coming together to that infliction point. We're gonna be we're gonna be able to make some smart decisions very quickly, and then again try to be an influencer in the individuals' day-to-day -day lives, not just when there is a claim when they see a doctor, but what they eat, how much they exercise and workouts, and being able to predict some of these things could be related to your genealogy way and years in advance. I think those things are no longer a science fiction. It is becoming more and more reality. And we are seeing these applications, um, you know, kind of showing their heads, if you will. Obviously, um, Ethical AI is a very big thing so because we don't want this technology to be used for the purpose of discriminating or denying coverage other people. And this is where I think the ACAP's mission is so important. We need to regulate in an ethical way. Industry has to find a way to regulate because the this is not a scary thought that someone is just basically you know, uh, without the credentials. I mean, if you talk to even people like Elon Musk, he is talking about the the AI is coming and we got to find a way to, uh, you know, to contain this innovation 
in a responsible, ethical way. And I think that if anything else, that is one of our core missions in here. Even though we've been growing in here, we have technology. We use many of these things that I've just mentioned over the couple of minutes. Um, but we still think that there's an opportunity for us to, you know, stand tall, but don't look down. Well, to be able to target the um, outreach more efficiently, um, whether it's for redetermination purposes or uh, health purposes, would certainly um, help our health plan. So that's that's fascinating. Your your thoughts on how your technology and generally moving forward can do that. So with all that you've got going on, as, as we just talked about, what do you do to relax? And um, if it, if reading is part of that for a lot of our CEOs, it is. What what are you reading lately that you can recommend to us? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I love absolutely. Reading is a is one of my one of my passion. Um, especially, you know, uh, during the pandemic and post-pandemic altogether too. Uh, what am I reading? Um, I just finished up a book by Michael Dale. Um, I believe was a play nice, but win. Um, he talks about the early days of, you know, the Dell technologies and he cascaded with the modern version of Dell. He kind of, as you know, probably follow him. He's, a, he's another very much a mission-oriented you know, stand tall, you know, the, you know, don't look down. I think he's one of the people that I really look up to. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he's a very important character to begin with. Um, and uh, just a lot of books around, you know, these days about the startup and technology. The Turning the Flywheel is by Jim Collins, obviously. Um, just read the book, No Rules Rule by Reed Hastings. Okay. He's in the news lately about Netflix, about Netflix mm -hmm. culture, yeah. obviously. And then one of my favorites, actually, Bet on Yourself by Anne uh, Hyde. Uh, and, 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 and she was an administrative assistant to not only to Jeff Bezos at Amazon, but later on, she became an admin assistant to Eric Schmidt at Google. Mm -hmm. She is one of those rare individuals had an opportunity to work with two world-class organizations. And it's a book fascinating about how these executives think to build these behemoth organizations. And there are it's striking similarities yeah. about them, those two organizations. So yeah, quite a few, I like to do this. And other times, one thing I just learned, to meditate. Oh. It's a very stressful lives we're doing. And in fact, I just became a, I will say, um, by no means I'm a guru, anything like that, but I highly encourage you. And that is one of the, probably one of the most undervalued probably um, the healthcare, you know, the treatment, meditation, being in a, a, a right mind of frames. And when my blood pressure goes down, somehow I make the right decisions. And I trust me, I, I can, I, I, I have examples to share with you when I don't meditate versus when I meditate. So um, it's been, a, it's been something that I enjoy doing more and more, oh, of course, with my, with my boys and my lovely wife, she still puts up with my nonsense every day. So uh, those are the things that I do. Oh, neat. Well, maybe we'll have a meditation room set aside at the CEO Summit in June. When I know we will see you and uh, we can, you can lead us in a meditation. I will love that. Absolutely. <laughs> and we will add your books. We have an ACAP Goodreads list. Uh, we've okay. had lots of interesting books recommended, both fiction and nonfiction. So we will add those, especially the last one you just mentioned. I had not heard of that. And but we appreciate, as I said, all the, the support 
uh, for you and Softion for our plans and ACAP. And I enjoyed chatting with you on the podcast. Always pleasure is mine, Meg. Thank you so much. And Jeff, thank you for facilitating this. And that's your ACAP coffee break. Thanks for listening. You can find all of our book recommendations on our Goodreads bookshelf. There's a link in the description of this podcast. You can, of course, find, like, and subscribe to the ACAP Coffee Break wherever you get your podcasts. When you do, give us a shout on Twitter using the hashtag ACAP Coffee Break. We'll enter you in a drawing for a Starbucks gift card, so next time you tune in, your coffee's on us. This has been the ACAP Coffee Break, supported by Sotheon. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.